Motown Rundown. We're back. It's Wednesday, March 29th. Um, sources have have said that the last time we recorded a podcast was March 3rd. I cannot confirm nor deny, um, but that's what Trent said. So, number one, we apologize. I know we've had this conversation all the time. We haven't done a very good job as far as the schedule is concerned. Um, but we're here. We sure do have a lot to talk about. Um, but first, there's a lot to catch up on in, I guess, our personal lives. I feel like there's a small cohort of people that like to listen just to hear what's going on in our lives and whatnot. Um, does anyone want to start? Like, what's been going on? Well, Ravs, you're in Houston. I'm in Houston. Good segue. Thank you for thank you for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> I am in. I have been in Houston since Wednesday, the 22nd. Um, I am working the final four. And I will be here until Tuesday the 4th. So I am here. Really all I'm doing is I'm like an office manager for Warner Brothers Discovery or whatever. Because I guess they put on all the – I mean, I think Warner Brothers owns CBS Sports or something like that. There's some type of relationship there. But I'm essentially managing the office for these guys for two weeks while they're setting up the Fan Fest, which is pretty much set up now and I think opens up on – Friday. So it's been a hell of an experience. Those things are um, fun. I went when it was in Detroit. Oh, it's super. I mean, just this, like, I, mean, I come from an operations background as far as like event management and sports and entertainment and stuff like that. So to see how this convention center, which is massive in Houston, go from bare bones to having all these different activations. And they just had a little happy hour downstairs for everyone to say thank you for their work or whatever. And whatever but um it's been it's been sweet it's been a hell of an experience i'm very lucky that i got to do it um houston you've been down there um i've been down here since wednesday the 22nd i leave on tuesday the 4th so So when you're watching michigan state last thursday are you just losing your shit oh well okay so this is a good this is a good time to mention this because i've been getting a little bit of grief from my girlfriend carly I was going to say, can we shout her out? Because you visited her. She visited you or vice versa. Something happened, right? Yes. Well, see, that's – A lot has I happened wanna... in the last month. A lot. A lot A lot has happened in the last month. And that's the thing. That's why I say that the people of the Motown Rundown viewership, it's a, you know, we're all a family here. It's, you know, it's a small but elite group of people that like to listen to the show. Well, not small. People listen. But – um, I've been getting some grief from from her because she has not yet been mentioned on the podcast, which, you know, I mean, I, the way I look at it is this. I'm very grateful to have a, a very beautiful young lady in my life that listens to the pod. Sometimes she says she listens sometimes. I don't know if that's true or not, but she's been bitter that she hasn't been mentioned on the podcast. So here's the mention. So to answer your question, Collins. Um, so she lives in Dallas. She came to Houston for a handful of days. Was that my to- question? Well, you asked it. You asked it <laughs> that wasn't my question. That was the question. You, I'm getting to the answer if you would like Okay, me okay. Answer. But she came down for a handful of days to, to stay with me. And it was very nice because I'm here for two weeks. Things, things that are at the top of my priority list that are a concern for me to figure out for myself as a 25-year-old man. Laundry. I only have so many clothes. How do I get clean clothes? Two, what happens if I need my sheets changed or if I need more towels? I don't know. Three, snacks. How am I supposed to eat? Where am I going to eat? How do I get the food? So it was great that she was able to come here and spend some time with me. And the bonus was that she has the car. So we did a little bit of shopping for some food. So now I have some pretzels and trail mix 
and stuff, which is great. So as I'm getting to the point, what's the look? What is wrong with your face? What's the problem? You're in a hotel, right? Yes. Did you just say, how do I get new sheets and new towels? Have you ever been well, to a hotel? I've been to a hotel. But you haven't been to a Houston hotel. Yeah, I don't know how they what do it. What are you talking about? I don't yeah. know how they do it. Anyway, besides the point. But, yes, so I get I got done with work on the day of the Michigan State game at 5, ran back up to my room, and we watched the game in my room, and I felt bad because we had plans to go to dinner, and I'd like to give credit to Carly because she bared with me through it. But I mean, the game went into overtime, and like she's all dressed and glammed up and ready to go. And I'm, I'm so, I'm my shirt is now soaking wet watching this game. And it goes, and it goes. It was great because in the last minute, when it was like State called the timeout, Kansas State called the timeout, State called the time, and she was like, just, she's like, just, let's just fucking go. I'm like, I, hey, I hear you. But we went to overtime. I was very sad for like five minutes, and then I had that's so one of the things, responsibilities of. You know, being in a relationship, I got to pick myself up and be there for my partner. So I couldn't dwell and sulk for all that long. But I was devastated, of course, because I'm again, I'm down here. Like, how awesome would it have been for Michigan State to win that game and get themselves to the Final Four in some capacity? I mean, it's in Are grand you going? Like, Are you going to be at the event? No, I won't because I'm working. I'm working in the office that is like centralized to the convention center, which yeah. is like 15 minutes away from NRG where the game is being held. So I think well, NRG is in the middle of nowhere, kind of. I, I haven't even seen that. I, I mean, we passed Minute Maid Park. Biz, Craig Biggio's got a restaurant down here. I'm gonna Dude, have Minute Maid. Minute Maid's. It's a weird stadium, but the area it's in is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been very very impressed with this with this area down here. Um, and I've never been to Houston, but very cool, like this whole strip that we're on. And they have like Keith Urban and um, like Lil Nas X is playing a concert here. Megan The Stallion, like the music fest, Keith Urban and Tim McGraw are playing on Saturday night, like literally right across. I'll show you guys on my laptop. The Toyota Center is right here. You see that? Whoa. Nice lights. Big lights. Big That's lights. where the Rockets play, correct? That's where the Rockets play. But dude, yeah. like the fucking, the Rockets play on Friday. Houston's got the Astros have their opening day weekend like this coming weekend and they got the final four down here. So with Houston's buzzing, it's been great. Um, but obviously no Michigan state, which sucks. So that's what's been going on in my life. Um, I love you very much, Carly. Thank you for listening. So I had to get that off. There we go. And I'm out of the doghouse. I'm out of the doghouse now. I'm good. You were never in I'm happy you didn't ruin your weekend raps. Cause I, it ruined my, maybe my whole month. So really, all right, well, let's talk about that. Let's, it was let's just awful. I mean, the way they lost, the fact that it was just like the most uncommon Michigan State basketball game ever, where it was just like no defense. I mean, we hit a bunch of – I mean, it was a really good game if you didn't like have any emotional investment into the game. But I don't know, and it's like really frustrating. And I I will like say in solace, I said this to Trent when we were talking earlier off air, I do think Kansas State's better than Michigan State, and I think they were the better team. It was, you know what I mean? Like, I can, it wasn't like a situation like the year we lost to UConn in the Elite Eight and then they went and won the national title when Michigan State was clearly better and they just like didn't do shit for 10 minutes of that game. And that's or the year, up. or the year Syracuse beat us in the, you know, whatever, the round of 32. That or, or the middle, like the Middle Tennessee State oh. one is like the weirdest one because they lost Middle Tennessee State. So it's like, it's hard to be like, no, that team was a like national title good. I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. So I can like sleep at night, but still, like, if well, they would have won, 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 won,
Like that, you know what I mean? You're just penciling in all day, fight, looking forward to the game. Didn't do it, whatever. Now I got to look forward to tie. Like, not, it just, when your team is playing for something like at, that actually means something, it's hard to turn the page to the next thing. When I mean, we're going to talk about the Tigers later, but like, I haven't emotionally thought about like anything other sports related until like yesterday, thinking about the Tigers, but. I don't know. I, it sucked. I mean, I don't know what you thought, TB. But by, by the way, can I say this? This is a weird Michigan State side tangent. Everyone's like, oh, they need Hauser back. Can we just let these guys fucking yeah. graduate? I, I think that's part of the whole thing, Collins, is like everyone wants to say, well, ever since 2019, ever since Cassius left, this uh, this you know program hasn't had a dog or hasn't really been – they've been a pushover program. I, I, I don't want to get into that whole thing because I don't agree or disagree it, but I do think – Part of ripping the bandaid off and turning the page is letting, you know, Joey Hauser go, not come back for a sixth year. You know what I mean? Like, like let, let let Tyson go if he wants to. I love him. I love him to yeah. death. Yeah, I think he'll be back. I think him and Malik will both be back. Malik Hall stinks. I stand by the fact that I actually he was definitely hurt for the majority of that year. Okay, well that's fine. But he was. I, well, he, I the, 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 he was the thing that kind of sucks for him too is. I, he just got hurt like two times in really bad situations, and he just wasn't able to get back to what he is. Yeah. And they and they also play him on the wing, which is weird. Yeah, listen, he seems like a super he, nice guy, so I have a hard time dumping on him. But if he takes more than one dribble before shooting, he is absolutely just a black hole on offense. But he's he's a he's a very fair spot up shooter. It's just to Collins's point, he was hurt. Whatever, we don't have to get into all that. But yes, my thoughts on that whole thing. It sucked. But I would like to get. I would like to hear you guys on this because I want to know who you, how your bracket did. I know no one cares about this shit, but I feel the need to somewhat toot my own horn because I picked Kansas State to win the whole thing. Now, by no means, by I no means it. at all, was I rooting for Kansas State to beat Michigan State. Zero. Obviously, was, of course. Well, you, did, you, to, you clearly picked them over Michigan State in the bracket. Well, yes, but you have, well, you I have mean, to go on the it's record. It's a hedge. It's an emotional hedge, right? Yeah. Okay. And, okay. And I didn't really know if Michigan State's get past Marquette. Obviously, when they get that draw, it's like, oh, we got Marquette. But we know that this team over the last, you know, three, four years hasn't necessarily taken a business when it has to. I don't know. So I just wanted to ask you guys, because of how because of how crazy the the, the final four is and everything, I I had Kansas State winning it all, and I'm actually gonna win my bracket pool, assuming anyone but Miami wins uh the national title. So I wanted to check in there and see how you guys are doing on that front. Um, I was doing pretty well until Michigan State. I had Michigan State in the Sweet 16. I had Kentucky in the final. Everyone's bracket got fucked, but I had UCLA winning it all. And I went to fucking bed the night. They were down like nine with like a minute 30 left. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to bed. I'm so pissed off that like state loss, UCLA loss. I had Tennessee in my Elite Eight too, and they put like shit in its FAU. It's like, fuck this. I'm going to bed. And I get like three text messages. You're like, dude, are you watching this? I literally, and it's one of those situations where I turn the TV right back on just to watch Gonzaga hit a 35-footer to win the game. And I'm like, fuck, sweet. Turn the TV off, and oh, I'm legit furious. I'm, I, I start texting them back. I'm like saying wild shit back to these people. But, yeah, I mean, March Madness, it, it's the best. It's my favorite four days of the year, no question. The fact that it fell on St. Paddy's Day this year made it even better. 
Um, and your birthday. Hang on, hang on. Ryan Collins had a birthday. I feel like we always mention the birthdays on this. I podcast. don't really care. I birthdays. I'm care. still over birthdays. <laughs> he doesn't care. When it when it until I turn thirty, none of my birthdays matter. Maybe twenty five. Nah, nope. Can I run a car at twenty five? Is that the milestone? Twenty five or twenty six, something like that. Wait, yeah. wait, wait! You can't run a car as a twenty one year old. You can't. No, do that. no, you got to be a hundred years old to run a car. It's, it's really weird. weird. Okay, well, before we turn the page, to be honest, I shouldn't be able to run a car as a twenty one year old. Let's check it out. Your initials are RC rental car. Rabs, what who did you what? how did your bracket do? What's the whole um it was it was fine. I had a good I had a good first weekend because I had like I had the Furman upset. I had a couple good upsets that were like kind of like, yeah, yeah. time out. That 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 was a good one. That was a great one. That was a great like first finish yeah. or second finish of the tournament. Whatever. Did anyone else have Arkansas or Kansas? Because I had that and I was no. I, I took no. my shirt off like Eric Musselman. And I was in East Lansing at the time, and I was swinging. It. Anyways, Rabs, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, I could, and I, I, I could have seen, seen it happening. Um, but no, I, I had a good first weekend. Um, I mean, obviously the big names losing, like, and I, I, so I do this thing now, and I meant to do it last year. I started doing it last year, but I, for, I didn't do it the whole. I didn't go the whole nine yards with it this year. I made my first official March Madness manifesto, where I take notes on the tournament as time goes on. So next year I can go back and look at these. So I don't make the same mistakes that I have. So for example, I have stuff like Purdue's a joke. It doesn't matter if Arizona goes undefeated during the year, they'll never make it past the sweet 16, like all these different things about these teams that I've known all along. But for whatever reason, when I sit down with my bracket, I can't get myself to. Yeah. Like yeah, stuff you've known, you've known Purdue's a joke, but now that when you. Right. I can't, I can't get myself to be honest about it, but um, yeah. I had. Alabama was my national champ. Fucked me. Um, I had Miami in the final four. I did have that. I had Michigan State in the final four. I did. I really thought they like, – I, I just had a feeling about this team. They could have gotten it done. They didn't. And then I had UCLA, which obviously that was that was crushing. But I don't know. The, the bracket, depending on the group I was in, I finished first in like one of them with a handful of my buddies because it just like everyone had Bama or like – you know, whatever to to win yeah, the Bama or Houston. It's funny how how many of them are like Houston. Gone. Houston is there was a watch party downtown for the Houston game. I like it's just embarrassing. I hate Ralph Sampson. I think he's a joke. Um, and that that team stinks. They've always stunk. I don't didn't they do Ralph well Sampson? Who's the coach? Calvin Samson. Same guy. Ralph, Ralph Samson's the seven five dude from Virginia. Yeah, I was like, what? Wait, before we go any further, yeah, shout out Requiem to the Big East or Requiem for the Big East. I just butchered that. Collins, Great. what was what was your signature RC upset that you picked in your bracket that happened? I had Furman. Um I also I had Pitt, but that doesn't really count. My big thing was I had VCU in the Sweet 16 beating UConn, and they lost, like, the first thing. So, I mean, whatever. I, it is what it is. Um, I mean, I everyone had Purdue losing in the second round. Purdue losing the, the 16 seed was one of the funniest things of all time. It was um, great. It was. I will say this, though. I've always, like, joked. I, I, to be honest, I, honestly, I have a Purdue fan in my life. I felt genuinely very bad for him. Like yeah, it is yes. awful. So do awful. I. Shout out, shout out, Sam Coleman. I think he. Oh my god, I'm for- <coughs> coughing. Sorry, I forgot that they lost immediately. Yeah. It they was. Lost right but, away. I mean, I mean, just a game you cannot lose. 
And the way I Matt Painter handled it though was awesome. I have to say I that, I, dude. I don't care. I don't. I don't care how you handle it. You can't lose that game. And that, like, I don't like Purdue. I don't. I am. I. I like. I. It was one of those things. Like, it. There's probably one team where I would genuinely not feel like if Michigan was a sit one seed and they lost to a sixteen, I would take great pleasure in that all off season. Like with Purdue, they lost to a fit. What they lost to a fifteen last year. Lost to a thirteen the year before. The year before that, they lost in maybe the worst fashion of all time in an NCAA tournament game to Virginia. Like Diakite, shout out, fucking brutal. So, so I like feel bad for Purdue, and I hate Purdue. It's hard for me to feel bad, but I don't. If you're, I am not a Matt Painter apologist. You have to win that game. No, I don't I, how you that, lose that game. Of course, that wasn't my point. I, I agree with you 100. I just what a I, I mean, seeing Purdue is such a fucking joke, dude. <laughs> Listen, I know, and they love to get all gassed up and talk shit to everyone. Like, you know, they, whatever. We They're knew that. Broken, though. There's not, you cannot come back from this. Everyone knew Purdue was a fraud. We all just thought it was happening in the second round against either FAU or Memphis, and it instead happened in the first round. Memphis got fucked, by the way. Memphis should have won that game against FAU. They should have watched that. No love lost for Penny Hardaway, but we don't have we don't have time to do all that because honestly, it's not even news at this point. But yeah, like Matt Painter should absolutely look for another job somewhere else. He should just say, "I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm not gonna win here. It's never gonna happen." Dude, no, lost he's, like, he's a lifelong guy. But Collins, like you said, it's like he's been there since when? Oh five. Yeah, but they've like had the horses. Some of the, I, I, this is weird that we're talking Purdue basketball, and I could do it all day because this is <laughs> stuff I fucking love. Um, yeah. but like. They've had the guys. The thing that sucks for him is they probably like the Hummel year when he tours ACL, and then like that team would have made a Final Four, like well, in 09. Probably, but like yeah, 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 more. yeah. You're you're right, but it's just that we have a 20 year sample size at this point. They, he had, if he makes a Final Four, he'll be remembered way differently. But Gene Katie never made a Final Four, so who well, fucking yeah, knows? That's, that's true. The program's a joke. Okay, yeah. so uh, before we that was a weird tangent. Completely before we completely just real quick. Don't have to justify it. Who's winning it all? I got San Diego State. No way. There's no dude. shot they win it, dude. Dude, they suck, Trent. Miami or UConn are winning it. San Diego State does not suck. If San Diego State plays Miami in the final, they will win that game by fifteen. No. There's yes, no the way. Miami's really State good. Clamps down. And eventually gets the offense to work. It happened in every tournament game. They Michael just... Parrish, former Oakland Golden Grizzly. People forget. Shout out. Shout out uh, Greg Campy as well. Don't shout out Graham Campy. Be better. <laughs> I remember when I asked you about You are like, I'm not going to lie. We have a checkered pass. Anyways, I got SDSU. You guys don't have to shit on it. Just give me your pick. Oh, Jesus. Go to ahead. To be honest, dude, I think Florida Atlantic is going to beat them. Yeah, FAU. They're on my floor. Would you guys like to put any wager on that? I'll take any money line. Just Why do you always say, have you watched the San Diego State game? I mean, I know they watched them more. all year. They won Brock and I a ton of money this year. They're they're, they're really, they're super deep. I don't know. I, I mean, they play really good defense. They have good bids. Um, coached, very well coached. Arguably yeah. the best coach left in the tournament. Dutcher? What are you talking about? Who's oh. left? It's it's either him or Laranaga. Dude, there's a guy, that guy who took FAU to a Final Four. I, well, I'm getting him. The FAU. Okay, okay, okay. By I the way, dude, I, Rabs, I might literally have you buy me a shirt because I think it's the funniest Final Four 
of all these logos of all time. Like I might I'll, need I'll it. get you one if you want. I know. I might I I'll I'll text you if I actually like actually want one, but I've been thinking about it. It's a hilarious fucking final <laughs> four. Um I actually think I think Miami can beat UConn, but I think UConn's gonna win. Blow canes. Raps, who you got? FAU because they're on they're on my floor and I don't want any of them to hear me and beat me up in the hallway. <laughs> well UConn the thing that sucks and I this bunch of shit on me is UConn They've won a bunch of national titles. I understand it. They've been to like six final fours and they've won four national titles. Like yeah. it just grinds my gears. And they wow. like it it just uh whatever. They're sweet though. That Hawkins guy, he would be a nice piston. I'll take any I okay. I'm a big like this is Brandon Miller, by the way, is going to be a piston, and I'm a, I'm gonna have to do a mental gymnastics and all the takes I've had about him the last like month. If we have any pick except for one, Brandon Miller will be a pist- piston. Correct. Yes. All right, Rabs, go ahead. You can drive. You're the keys, Rabs. Okay. Me. Well, I mean, on, uh, do you want Trent? Do you have anything to say? Do you have any news to announce in the yeah, last sure. month or so? For God's sake. Sure. So I never publicly said this on here. No, I say you did not. I say publicly like this is CNN, and we have like you know. It gets like, kind of like CNN. <laughs> like I'm addressing the public. No, I never announced here. Back in September, September, it was actually in August when I got the diagnosis. I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, cancer, uh, and I was given a very, very, very good prognosis, but it's still just kind of a scary thing. Anyways, I underwent six months of chemotherapy, 12 treatments, and I had my final treatment a month ago, two days ago, if that makes any sense. That's a horrible way of saying that. On February 27th, I had my final treatment, and then as of March 14th, I am officially cancer-free and in remission. So yep. shout out to anyone who knew that. Like oh, Collins, nice. I, Collins, I got a great, wonderful text from Will Gerzik. Did a great Gerzpom. Shout out. I, I don't know if <laughs> did I just out the owner of Gerzpom or is no, that he, a- he it's well aware who it is. <laughs> it's Syracuse every fucking game. <laughs> I hope he's listening because he'll get super pissed about me saying that. Shout out Otto. But um yeah, no, I got a great text from Will. Like, anyways, my point is a lot of the people that listen to this, I guess, uh, knew about it, even though I didn't say anything on here. But yes, it's officially it's time to go live. I'm moving to Nashville, Tennessee tomorrow. Uh, Let's go. So I'm doing a lot of. I'm, I I got like 300 shirts in the laundry right now that I got to fold, and I got to pack up all my stuff and move. But we're feeling good. So thank you to you guys, of course, as well for being two of my biggest supporters to my best friends whatever you guys rock but yeah we're in remission that's all fuck Just yeah little yeah, in a row. that's all we got fucking rights trent fuck cancer what a f- unbelievable couldn't be happier for you Obviously. i love how but i mean i texted trent after i was like what he had a pit jersey on and i was like it was james connor because he had the same <laughs> yeah. cancer i was like oh that's sweet but i was like for a minute i was like why the fuck are you wearing that yeah that was that collins that made my whole You've dropped a lot of f-bombs this podcast i got a real bad end no it's okay this is, i always mark it with the e we're fine i free, but listen I, that might have made my whole day when you said that like because i was just, like genuinely curious i was like just, why it just, me, <laughs> it just made me laugh you're like what the fuck is that jersey and i'm like it's james connor you have the same type of cancer what, and i was like oh shit but it's also you know you no know, it was great but it was one of those things where like james connor i don't want to get the pittsburgh steelers jersey i didn't really want to get the arizona cardinals jersey so i'm like all right i'm gonna get the pit panthers you know it's a sweet college. jersey they have a great they have a college football jerseys elite great yeah 
Yeah, that's that's happy that's, for you, buddy. Though, yeah, I love you. Thank you. Love salute to you guys, and salute to all of our listeners, our, our AWLs. I don't think I'm allowed to rip that off. No, you can't. So no. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. Now, this is a win for all of us. We're all one and zero in 2023. How's that? Yeah, I know that. Love it, buddy. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. So I'm glad. You know, I know you didn't want to. You didn't bring it up on the podcast, but when you know you you beat something like that and overcome a hurdle like that, it did have to be mentioned. So I appreciate you sharing that. And as always, fuck cancer. One and zero, Trent. And that the easiest. The Trent Valley versus cancer at minus ten thousand. As Ryan Collins and I had it on the Barstool Sportsbook. Yeah. No chance. But, um, okay, well, that's our little catch-up for, I guess, the last month or so because we only record once a month now, even though I tell you we record every single week at the end of the show. Uh, Nonetheless, um, today we will talk Lions. We will talk Tigers. Opening day um, is upon us coming up this week. Um, Today. Today when the people are listening. Today. You're right. Opening day today. we have not talked Lions since free agency has opened, so we will catch you up on all things um, who's back, who's not, who's new. Um, that was kind of cool what I did just there. It's off the top of my head. Thank you very much. Nice. Um, and we will uh, we'll go from there, address some things. So the beauty of a podcast like today is that Trent has done all the prep work for us, despite the fact that he has is moving to Nashville tomorrow and is somehow still sitting down recording this podcast. I was laughing so hard, Rabs, in the chat when you're just like, okay, Trent, can you do this, this, and this? Oh, so you I did a homework, a homework assignment? I didn't so know. I, I didn't know he was, you were moving tomorrow. I, no, I, I, I honest to God, I was already writing it down. No, it, it wasn't that bad, but it was just like, you did it in multiple touch. So you're like, okay, I need this. I need this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, that's Trent's the best in the business at that, but, um, we will not talk Pistons. We will not talk Red Wings. Um, the trade deadline is over for both teams. I think we talked about. We did. We talked we, about their trade deadlines. We talked about the deadlines. And at this point, the se- both seasons are oh, pretty man. much lost to the point of we can just do our season recaps when they're Wimby, done. In the middle of April that's all that matters. Yep. And then we'll catch back up. So without further ado, let's talk some Lions, um, Trent, whichever way you want to attack this. There's some things that. Um, some signings we have to talk about, and then I have some something to. I have a um, fireside chat about something too. I'd like to discuss, but let's talk some lines. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the best way to attack this, if you even want to call it that, is I'll, I'll timestamp this so people can skip through if they don't want to hear this because it really isn't news at this point. I mean, free agency started you know a couple weeks ago, but I'll go through the additions, the re-signings, the subtractions. I'll just list them off. Uh, you know, as far as who the Lions signed, Cameron Sutton was the big one from Pittsburgh. You got him on a three-year, $33 million deal. Emmanuel Mosley from the 49ers, one-year, $6 million. CJ or Chauncey, whatever you want to call him. Gardner Johnson, one-year, six, excuse me, $8 million. And that was the big three right there. I mean, you basically overhauled your defensive backfield with those three guys. Um the interesting thing is two of them are just on one-year deals. So I guess what I like about this is that the Lions are essentially, and Brad Holmes is saying, hey, we're going all in with this group that we think can win this season, and we'll reevaluate at the end of the year. You also added a guy named Mac McCain. He was a Philadelphia Eagles practice squad guy last year. So, hey, Super Bowl blood, whatever, we'll take you. Um, another big signing, David Montgomery, three years, $18 million. You got him from the Chicago Bears. That was a big topic of discussion for the sake of Jamal Williams. We'll circle back on that at the very end of this because I know, Rabs, you have some thoughts there. 
but you add a very talented running back to this backfield with DeAndre Swift. And then uh, you bring home Graham Glasgow, one year, four and a half million from Denver. You plug him in the middle. Basically, he's just insurance for a guy like Big V who couldn't stay healthy at all. And you did lose Evan Brown, so you essentially plug in Graham Glasgow there. You bring home Jalen Reeves-Maben, mostly a practice, not practice squad, special teams guy, excuse me. And you got a new long snapper, if anyone cares about that, Jack, Jake McQuaid. As far as who you re-sign, nothing huge. Just, you know, John Kaminsky, Alex Anzalone, oh, Isaiah yeah. Bugs. Those guys are all sticking around. You keep your kicker in, in – uh, is it Michael Badgley? I feel horrible. Yeah. Michael Badgley, whatever. He's coming back. Uh, Will Harris is back. So there's like there's, – no. There's some important pieces there as far as Kaminsky, Anzalone, Bugs. I've got those three guys highlighted as those are probably starters for most of the season. You know, unless the Lions go out and draft Will Anderson and then maybe Anzalone's not starting. But let's not forget he was a captain this season, so he'll probably keep the C, whatever. Now, before we before we take big picture here, key guys you lost. Deshaun Elliott went to Miami. Jamal Williams, of course, goes to New Orleans. Uh, Amani Orowarie, DJ Chark to Carolina. So there's like there's names here and there. You know, a guy like Josh Woods, who I believe was a captain on the team. He was mostly a special teams guy, but so you lose him, you bring back Reeves Maven. So nothing really groundbreaking. Except I also have to throw in this Marvin Jones uh, signed today. And I have my Jersey on, as you can see Marvin. for a couple of reasons, because Marvin's back and because I'm washing literally every single article of clothing that I own ahead of my move tomorrow. So whatever, I got the Marvin Jones Jersey on, he comes back one year, $3 million. I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on that because I, I, I just think if it was, and I'm not sure it was explicitly this in the in the in the war room for Brad Holmes, but if it's Marvin Jones or DJ Shark, I think you absolutely made the right decision and and who you're going to give the money to. But um, your guys' thoughts on the additions, subtractions, re-signings, anything that stuck out to you as far as free agency goes, Collins? You want the ball first? Yeah. Um. By the way, boo Will Harris. I don't, it seems like everyone loves Will Harris. Well, no, I mean, well, okay, okay. So reason he's so bad. It's, it's a one-year deal worth two and a half million. He's so the that's, worst player on the team. I understand. He is like what, the what, definition what, of a guy who would have been good in 1990 because he's like a bigger dude. Just can't. I don't know. I. I. He's the bane of my existence. But um. Remember when he was maybe going to be on the pod? We had a we had yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know what we've gone we've we're too far down the hole with Will Harris now. I doubt he even listens, but bring him on the podcast. Um if he came on the pod, but like, Will, huge fan. Um yeah, well, we're, we're so <laughs> glad to have you in, in Detroit. Matt, I've just been your biggest supporter. Um <laughs> I mean, really good free agency. They didn't go out and break the bank on any deals. Um everyone, the whole Jamal Montgomery thing was kind of weird. It sounds like the Lions made him that offer. It's, that's what the rumor is, but I can't imagine that being true. I also I did hear that Collins that they offered him the same money they gave Montgomery, and he didn't take it, and then he signed with the Saints for less. So I don't really. Know I don't think that's it. true. So it might be some of it might be true or slightly not true. I, I, I'm assuming we offered him the same deal as the Saints, or something, and he declined it. Maybe. And then yeah, after the Lions went out and signed Montgomery, which I think is a fantastic signing. And it sucks to lose yes. Jamal. He's one of your locker room guys. David Montgomery is a better running back than Jamal Williams. And people are going to be like, oh, look at the numbers and whatever. Jamal was really good in short-yarded situations. And this is another thing I'll say about Jared Goff and like the, a lot of the pieces on this offense. Everyone is better with this offensive line. And David Montgomery was a pretty solid running back for the Bears – 
on a team that has had no offense line since he was there. And very similar style of runner, um, Jamal. I think he has a little bit more get up, but very similar type of back. I like that deal. Um, the Gardner Johnson deal is probably the biggest signing of free agency for the Lions. Um, did we talk about Sudden? I think we was Sudden. A well, yeah, he was, he was the first I, everyone adds like they knew this Sudden guy. I've watched the NFL my whole life. I had no fucking clue who this guy was. You didn't? I see, okay. See, I knew who he was, but only because I, I like, I was like, I kind of know him. I know he plays on Pittsburgh, but people were acting like, oh, this is a massive signing. No idea. It sounds like he's pretty solid. So they've kind of revamped their secondary. Makes it interesting what they're going to do in the draft. Um, and that's why I, I think you're starting to see some rumors now that maybe they go quarterback at six or something because they kind of all, kinda all the needs are filled. I mean, to your point. No, no, no. Yeah, they did a good job of that. I still think they need to draft someone in the secondary. I still think they need to draft another linebacker. I still think draft a defense line. I still think they need to get younger on the defensive side of the ball, more talented. Um, and maybe if you want to draft a guard for security in the second round or something like that, fine with that. We'll talk about the draft later. Um. Like the free agent moves, I I just I like how much they spent. Like Gardner Johnson's on a like a small deal. I'm shocked. That's all he got. Eight million shocked. a year. One year. NFL, yeah. NFL free agency, by the way, fucking sucks. They do a, NFL and MLB both like screw the poop. Like there's that one day where it's a little frenzy and stuff, and then like it just trickles out from that's 10 days. That's like the one thing I think NBA does better than anyone. They're free agency. And I know there's a lot less players and stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. This is at the end of last year at the way they ended the year. It's hard not to be excited for this team and the moves that they made. They are. And, and I think the Marvin Jones move is like some kind of like a sentimental move for the fact. It's like, there's people who actually want to come back and play here, um, which proves that good things going on in the franchise. I'm very excited. If I'm going to give it a grade, I would give it like a B plus. Um, I think Gardner Johnson's re- Gardner Johnson and Montgomery are the only real impact players they got. I think Sudden will help their secondary. Can't get worse. Um, but other than that, I, I, I love them bringing back Kaminsky and I love them bringing back Barts too. I think those guys were both very underrated last year. Their success, the little success that defense had. So I'm really excited. It's hard not. It's weird though. This, I, I mean, in our lifetime, I think maybe 2012, 2011 is the only time we've been in a situation where the Lions are the most exciting franchise in the city. And mo- and, and they feel like the most well-run organization in the city right now, which is bizarre. Ever since Sheila took over, things have been I, happening. I, okay, we're not giving the Fords any credit. I'm giving Brad <laughs> Holmes credit. By the way, because I miss you guys over the last three weeks, I've been listening to old episodes of our show. Like, like, <laughs> like. Like, uh, what do you call that? Like trademark benchmark episodes where it's like when we hired Dan Campbell, I went back, listened to that. It's phenomenal, by the way. You guys all should do it. But anyways, Rabs, what are your thoughts on free agency? Um, I like it. I think that they got better. Um, you know, losing a guy like, was Arawarie a uh, Bob Quinn pick? Oh, no. Yes, he was. He was a fourth, fourth round pick out of Penn State, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he was terrible. Round, believe, he was but... terrible last Is it six? year. Yeah. Either, it doesn't matter. Go ahead, Rabs. Sorry. I'm always, you know, for me, I always think it's tough when new general managers come in and, you know, Steve Eiserman was in a very similar situation of having to clean up a lot of the stuff that Ken Holland did to run the organization the way that he wanted. And Brad Holmes has had to, and is still doing a similar thing that, uh, 
cleaning up after Bob Quinn. So I, I do think that there has to be some patience there. And I always like when I see like, okay, so what is Brad Holmes going to do with a guy like Amani Arawari? And you clearly see what he thought of him. His play was not good last year. So as far as the secondary is concerned with Sutton and Mosley, I just think that you've gotten a little bit sturdier and maybe you're not getting guys that are like elite playmakers, but you're at least have some depth and, and, it's more of like a strength and numbers thing of having guys that are competent that can play in the secondary. I still would like to see uh, maybe that be addressed at some point in the draft. But the thing is, though, is like you have your guys like Kirby Joseph and um, Tracy Walker. Trace, oh, Tracy Walker's coming back. And was it Chase Lucas? What's the going guy's name that I like? Yeah, Chase Lucas. Chase Lucas. And the other guy whose name is like Kirby Joseph, but it's not. Jerry, Jerry. Jerry Jacobs. Yeah. Like, so like the, uh, you have plenty of talent back there that I think you saw enough flashes of last year where you can be confident with what you have back there. Now, um, CJ GJ, as I've, as I've nicknamed him myself, like that to me is a splash of a guy that has familiarity with Brad Holmes and, or um, with Dan Campbell rather when, when he was in new Orleans and Aaron um, Glenn and Aaron Glenn too. So like to me as a guy that can come in and immediately be a leader on defense and, and like that's that's a perfect example to me of a guy that played in in Philly that was on a team that competed for the Super Bowl, and instead of going back there, I'm sure they would have paid him less than we would have. But um, you, you bring in a guy that has that kind of pedigree, like it says something when you're able to pull a guy like that to your team in Detroit, who, as we all know, I think not many people want to come here and play football or any sport for that matter. So um, that's all that's all fine and good as far as the running back situation is concerned. You know, I I love Jamal Williams because I think that he was the poster child for what this culture has become in Detroit. And I think it was very telling given how – I don't know if eclectic is the right word or how out there he is as, as a big personality, that he was accepted and embraced here and allowed to be himself, and he always talks about that. And to me, that kind of personifies – what this new regime is about. So to lose a guy like that, where I had said in the offseason – Whatever you have to do to bring him back, you have to have him back here because of what he brings to the locker room as like a true leader. But with that being said, I don't know what the story is. I don't know if it's true what, what Jamal said about the Lions disrespected him with their offer or if it's true what came out about the Lions offered him the exact same deal that David Montgomery was offered, but Jamal Williams and his agent figured they could get more and they go out in the market and realize you actually get way less. So I don't know how that all worked out. Business is business. As Colin said, and I know that David Montgomery has had his injury problems, um, but he is a, a definitely a better and a younger running back than Jamal Williams. Um, and, and for whatever reason, and not that this has to be the focal point of the discussion right now, but people are so low on DeAndre Swift. And granted, he can never seem to stay healthy, which is definitely an issue. And we all know what the shelf life Swift is. Swift is good. You're right. I like this take, Rabs. Thank you. Wow, this is, that's nice. Thank you very much. Um, I mean, like this this whole narrative of like it, like time to move on from Swift, and you know, even for people to like make the comment that he hasn't been good, like when when he is in in games, he's a game changer. But that's that's the key is is being in the mix. And I was frustrated last year. Granted, he was hurt, but I am someone that wants to see DeAndre Swift get the ball 15 times a game, at least on the ground, let alone what he can do in the passing game. So with David Montgomery now, and 
another guy that's had injury problems, but I really like your your tandem in the backfield, and I love Craig Reynolds. I was I was just gonna say, for what it's worth, the Lions did re-sign Craig Reynolds to so, a one-year so, deal, I believe. You know, I think that people in the draft place so much emphasis on, for whatever reason, with the Lions on the running game. Like I keep seeing, like, oh, go if Bijan Robinson's there in the second round. Game. It's like I, you don't need to. There, no, yeah, I, you're you're completely right, Rabs. Like need. if. If with those three guys, with DeAndre Swift, uh, David Montgomery, and Craig Reynolds, you are absolutely set in your running back room. You just are. Yeah, and, and to continue down the free agency list, I mean, John Kaminsky was probably my favorite Lion last year, I swear to God. Like, broken hand the whole year. And a guy that came out of nowhere that was just beyond effective. And Isaiah Bugs, I guess, similarly, like, fine. Um, I, I'm. You guys seem to be higher on him than I am, but – Two, two guys that were very effective to, to bring back and, and be the anchors of the middle of, of your of your line. The only thing to me, I mean, granted, I did not want Will Harris back. I don't know what anyone sees in Will Harris. Alex Anzalone, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I understand that he's a leader. I'm sure he's a good man. But this team has to get better at the second level. And I and, think – I think they will. I, I okay. Go ahead. I'll let you just. But, but it's just like he's just and, and to me in today's NFL, it's all about speed. Speed kills, and you got to have guys that can get down, that can run downhill, and make plays and get after the quarterback. Malcolm Rodriguez is a very nice rotational guy to have in there. I know they like he. I mean, he plays a ton, but you, you need you need to get some real talent at that second level. And I definitely think that in the draft and. We would talk for six hours if we did the draft stuff today, but you need to address, continue to address the defense first. And linebacker to me is a focal point, and you need more guys that can play off the edge. Um, you know, is Will Anderson the answer? I would love to see Will Anderson fall to the Lions. I really would. Is it Jalen Carter? There's so many question marks around him now with the character and conditioning and yada 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 but the bottom line to me is that where the, the that's where the improvement needs to be you guys know me there is a lot to be said about leadership and character and that's what Alex Anzalone brings to the table and it, he he made some plays last year I'm not gonna he's not the make. best worst player in the league correct well towards the end of the year I mean it's it it's it, it as funny as this sounds he was good for a turnover a game. I mean, if you go look it up, it's like he was either recovering a fumble every single game or he had a few picks to end the year. He had a couple forced fumbles. Like he became – and that's when the Lions started winning. So whether that's what Brad Holmes looked at or not – and and by the way, I will offset all that by saying, Ravs, I completely agree with you. If there's one glaring hole with the Lions this season, it's or this free agency, whatever, it's linebacker. None of that was addressed. They did not sign a single linebacker outside of re-signing Anzalone and bringing back Jalen Reeves-Maven, who we know is more of a special teams guy. So I would agree that that is pretty much the focal point of the draft. And I guess the dream scenario now shifts to Will Anderson at six, as you mentioned. But I think it's also important to mention, like, the scheme the Lions run, and I don't mean to act like I can break down the all 22. I have no, I, I can never do that shit that these guys do on TV with the touch screen and break it down. But the scheme the Lions run, it's almost like a, I mean, they were running Aiden Hutchinson at like some outside linebacker stuff. They were running Romeo Quar out there. So it's kind of, it's like, I think they're one linebacker away, but that guy could come in the draft. And the other thing I want to mention is, 
Malcolm Rodriguez, I mean, after one year, yes, we're saying he's very solid. He's a good tackler, and he's a good player. But the fact of the matter is you got him in the sixth round, and who knows what he could become. I'm not going to act like he, he's going to be the next, like, Luke Keekley or something like that. But, like, he's only played one year. Like, what if he takes a step this year, and then all of a sudden he's the leader of that defense? So I don't know. But Anzalone, to give him three – it, this is the thing is that he got a three-year deal whereas yeah, like how bugs, old was he 34 i no he's not that old but bug bugs got a two-year deal Kaminsky got a two-year deal he's only got a three-year deal so clearly there's i mean there is something there and when the lions started to win he started to play better now is he just a product of his environment i don't know but i don't want to beat that dead horse it really doesn't matter oh, but he's I, 28 there's holy fuck you feel like he's been in the league forever i'm like is he 34 <laughs> Yeah, you know, and he's another guy that, I mean, it's at least worth mentioning that he was on Aaron Glenn's defenses in New Orleans. So, it, it, you know, obviously not a star player. Like Colin says, he's the best worst player ever. But the last thing I want to mention that that uh, that you guys both touched on, but I don't really get around to is like, I think we're all on the same page with Jamal Williams and that he's a good back. He's a very good short yardage back, but he was not. I don't want to say he wasn't worth what we gave Montgomery, but Montgomery's just better. And to get Montgomery at three years, 18 mil, when you do have DeAndre Swift and you have a Craig Reynolds and say you draft a kid in the sixth round or something, I don't know. The way the running back position works, it's so reliant on the O-line, and I guess that's why bringing back Graham Glasgow was such a big deal. But as far as Jamal goes, yes, you would have liked to keep a guy like that on the team because of what he brings to the culture. But I would almost argue, and maybe this is revisionist history, I would argue that guys like Isaiah Bugs and John Kaminsky and and uh, I, I could list a ton of Malcolm Rodriguez, Aiden Hutchins, all these guys that were on the team last year I mean just as much to the culture as Jamal. Jamal's the most outspoken and animated, and he's one, he's a classic example of a guy that can be himself. But, you know, like Jerry Jacobs, Kirby Joseph, all those guys – are able to be themselves too. Like they're, they're speaking out too on social media, doing their thing. So whatever, man, I just, I, I like all the moves. I don't have a single bone to pick with any of them. It is interesting that a lot of them are one year deals. So you're essentially saying, and I, I kind of like it. I'd like your guys take on this before we move on. I feel like Brad Holmes is almost rolling the dice, like saying, Hey, come buy into our culture. I'll give you a one year deal. You're going to love it here. And then you're going to want to resign. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm very confident with like, and there's there was enough to get people excited. I mean, people were talking about the Lions and like, oh, like these are some substantial. I mean, the C.J. Gardner Johnson move was that to me is like not a, not that I'm gonna make it out to be some chips all all in the middle on the table like let's go do this thing type of deal. But that's a that's a big move. Like that's a real player that the Lions the Lions got. So I mean. We obviously have draft stuff to talk about. Um, we have a little bit of time before we do that. But the one thing I did want to talk about, my little, um, what did I call it? Not my soapbox speech. What did I call it? Fireside chat? Yeah, sure. Call it that. So, and I know that, like, I might say this, and this is the textbook thing that, like, I make this comment and Ryan Collins is going to immediately shut it down. Like, no one thinks he's actually coming here type of deal. Like, this is stupid. But this Lamar Jackson thing that now has popped up, and I and, and again, Twitter is Twitter. It's a cesspool. But as of late, and it's been a while now with this whole Lamar Jackson saga, which is a story within itself, there is this camp of these people 
that want the Lions to go trade for Lamar Jackson. And I just have to tell you guys, and I hate to be rude, but if there's anyone out there, and there, I know there, there I mean, if there's anyone, of course there are. And I've got a very, a very dear friend of mine who's in the camp. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to take someone seriously when they look me in the eye and tell me they think the Lions should go get Lamar Jackson. I mean, come on. Do any of you guys disagree? Where, I mean, what, what are your – I mean – Here's my thing on Lamar. I think he's a very, very good quarterback. Top 10 when he's healthy. Top 10 in the whole league when he's healthy. I think, Rabs, you asked me back in, like, February. We were, like, shooting the shit on – we were texting back and forth. You're like, who are your top 10 quarterbacks? I think I had Lamar at, like, five. And then I put in parentheses, like, when healthy. And, of course, that's always the big caveat in sports, specifically American football. But it's also, like, I think he's that good. The problem is the Ravens don't want to pay him because of the way their organization is. And then – he wants, like, uh, the rumor is he wants the guaranteed money that Sean Watson got, which, by the way, the Browns are a fucking joke. So if you're trying to do what the Browns did and, like, the Browns messed everything up, I guess what I'm saying, by paying Deshaun Watson all that money with everything he had going off the field and the uncertainty, you, know, you just guarantee all that money. That was, like, the first domino to fall. And now Lamar's saying, I'm better than Deshaun Watson. And he's right. He's better in, in every facet of his game than Deshaun Watson is, and he's trying to get that kind of money. And the Ravens are just saying, no, we don't want to do it. So I respect, yes, to, to your point, Rabs, the long-winded way of saying that is, no, I don't think the Lions should go after Lamar Jackson, but I think some team eventually will, and he's not going to get the contract Deshaun Watson got, even though that's what he wants. He's going to realize at some point that's unrealistic, and he's going to want to play football again. Because he's been sitting out since, what, was it week 12, 13, something like that? Well, and that's that's my whole thing of of – and I hate to be just the, the old man, get off my lawn type of deal. I already know what your take is going to be, but <laughs> and I know, I know you do. I saw the look, the comments. I was like, I, I, I just have, I have such a fundamental problem when I hear athletes complain about money, especially Lamar, especially Lamar Jackson, who <laughs> has made millions and millions of dollars. And what does his franchise tag guarantee him? Like thirty mil. Yeah, but that's for one year. You have to think about this, and I, I, I know, I know, it sounds Rebs, ridiculous. What? But Rebs, you, I, what's his value? I, you, see, you see what quarterbacks are making nowadays, Rabs? Like they're making like seven-year deals worth like fifty million a year. No, so it's, I, it's it's beyond crazy that Lamar has not gotten the deal, and it's probably because he's his own agent. But it's crazy. Because he, what Trent said, it the weird perception thing that's going on that Lamar's not that good. I would argue he's a top five quarterback when he's healthy. Like he's nasty. So I get what you're saying, Rabs. You can continue and you, you can make a lot of money doing the franchise tag thing that you're pointing out. Cousins did it perfectly. He did it for like three years and then signed the long-term deal. But with Lamar, a guy who's mobile, I think he just wants that assurance. I, I suppose I, and I don't mean to rag on Lamar, but I do have a, like, especially when he, now he's all over Twitter making a big stink about his team and like how they treat what but the point to me is the point is this and I and I I wanna I think that I owe what I'm about to say to Jared Goff because we have talked on this podcast since Jared Goff has been here. Everyone that knows me knows that I am not a Jared Goff guy. Do I hold some resentment because Matthew Stafford had to leave for Jared Goff to come here? You could probably say that. I would I would say that's fair. But nonetheless the Lions, to me, with Jared Goff as their quarterback, in order for them to be good and win games, 
Jared Goff has to play at a like at a B to B plus every game for the Lions to have a chance. Truly. And for for a lot of Jared Goff's career in Detroit, you didn't get that out of him at all. And the Lions weren't good enough to overcome his lack of performance. Now, after going one and six to start the year last year, and I'm over here screaming and crying for him to be removed from the organization. Now you see Jared Goff. Really, I can only think of a couple games where he was really, really poor. But the Lions got to a point where they could win in spite of Jared Goff. And the beauty of the cohesiveness was Jared Goff, Jared Goff was giving you good football games on a, on a consistent basis. And so is Jared Goff the quarterback of the future in Detroit? Absolutely not. I don't think anyone's arguing that. I mean, they need to figure out a plan of something to do. But I will tell you, based on where this team has gone with Jared Goff as the quarterback, and I can't believe I'm saying this, this team is closer to winning the Super Bowl with Jared Goff than leveraging draft picks and going to get Lamar. I'm about to cough. Hang on. You're fine. I'm going to cough. Uh, hang on, just cough. I'll, I'll t- I can take over for five I'll seconds. Three, three weeks of time. <laughs> Pick Jesus me up, Three weeks, cough. No, all I was going to say, I'm just going to say, you're exactly right in that. And this goes back to the free agency thing of like signing all these guys to one year deals. And then I, okay. And this is a whole separate conversation. We don't have to get into it. But as soon as this season ended, as soon as the Lions beat the Packers and walked off the field at Lambeau with a nine and seven record, not in the playoffs. I said to everyone like in the room, which was just me and my brothers at that point, guys, the Lions could run this back with the same exact team, draft a few guys, bring them in, and I still think they could win you know, 10 or 11 games next year. Now, you had the free agency you did, and then it's like you can't – you now have to start viewing things a little differently. Like you can't start mortgaging all these draft picks thinking like – Oh, we, we're like building for the future. Like, no, the time is now. It is officially now. And, Rabs, you're right. Given last year and how good this offensive line is and how good Ben Johnson is, you kept him, let's not forget, and, like, how good, you know, Marvin Jones is, who you're bringing in to now be your number three, it's like you have a better chance with a, with a pocket passer like Jared Goff than you do with a mobile quarterback like Lamar. And I think Lamar Jackson's a fine passer. I'm not getting on him about that. Because I know that's been a whole thing throughout his career. Just saying, Rabs, you absolutely have a point in that they are closer to winning a Super Bowl with Goff than they are with Lamar. That's the, that's the bottom line. To me, and my point in all of that is not so much the talent. Like, of course, Lamar's a better quarterback than Jerry Goff. It's the fact that in order for you to go get Lamar Jackson, and assuming you're going to have to give up draft picks, those draft picks are what you need to make your defense and your team what it has to be to support Jared Goff in the offense to take you to that next level. Like, that's all it is to me. Of course, I'd rather have Lamar, but you have to look at it from a reasonable standpoint of, like, what are we giving up here to get Lamar? I don't know. I'm going to cough again, Trent. Just keep going. I'm dying. Well, because the other question is what what's the uh... – like the, of, of course, the talent's on a different level, but then there's the injury concern. Like Lamar's missed four or five games the last two separate years, and Goff hasn't. So that's part of it, whether right, right, wrong, or indifferent. That's part of the business. Flu game, flu game. <coughs> I've had a cough, cough <laughs> off for three to four weeks. It's unbelievable. You move to Houston. You get a girlfriend. You get a cough. That's how it works. Yeah, 
Shout out Carly, by the way. I would love to meet Carly someday. That was not a shot at Carly whatsoever, as Rabs coughs again. Thank you. I'm trying my best. Yo, do you get some water? What are we doing here? I have, I have water. I have water. There's water. Okay. Get, some, get some hotel sink water or or just or just drink that little Dasani water, no free ads, that they leave in every room. And once as soon as you drink it, it gets attached to your bill. And you, you know, yes. You have to deal with that when you check out. Um anything else on Lions? No, we'll talk more about them with the draft. Trent, Tigers go, dying. Dude. All right, here's the here's the thing. <laughs> Dude, chuck some water. To the Ryan Collins camp of this podcast, and I know that there are many, there are many, many RC fans out there. This is where Ryan Collins is in his wheelhouse. And I was getting so giddy, if you will, as I'm writing down on this sheet, this paper, this nice crisp piece of paper about what the Tigers are gonna look like this year. And I'm just thinking, God, I can't wait to hear Collins drive. So I'll turn it over to you, Collins. But first, I guess what I want to do is I want to get like a lay of the land for what this team looks like this year, because I know a lot of the people listening to this probably haven't seen on paper just how much the Tigers lost. And I'll get to that in a second. But I think, you know, behind the dish, you're going to have Eric Haas. Jake Rogers is back. First base is going to be Torkelson every day. Second base is going to be Scope every day. Shortstop is going to be Javi Baez every day. Third base. Is it Nick Maton? Is it Maton, Collins? Yeah, it's him and Kreidler. And Kreidler. So you got those guys battling that out or splitting reps, whatever. Center Dude, field. They, by the way, the Tigers like, didn't really like finalize their opening day lineup, which is really fucking weird. Yeah, they haven't done anything. It's I not like complete. I, I, I know who's going to be on the team, but there's like still some left field stuff that I, I think yes. they sent to do down. They did. They sent Badu down to triple. So that's what I was going to get to is in the outfield, there's two questions. Maybe the most sure thing on the entire roster is Riley Green in center. That should be every single day unless he's hurt, and it, and it will be. I mean, he'll get his rest here and there. Yep. Then, left slash right, you have Austin Meadows, Akil Badu, who I understand is in AAA. He'll work his way up at some point. Matt Veerling and Kerry Carpenter. And then DHing is Miggy. Now your starting day pitcher is Eric. Eric is it Eric? Eduardo Rodriguez, excuse me, Eric. All, all I had written down was Eric. Eric Rodriguez. What a name that would be. <laughs> forgot what his name is. All I had written down was E. Rod. So you got him, Matt Boyd, Spencer Turnbull, Matt Manning, Joey Wentz, Mike Lorenz, and that's kind of the mix for who your starting pitchers are going to be. And your closer is either going to be Alex Lang or Jose Cisneros. So Collins, I'll just over to you. What's that? Our Lang is going to be the guy. Yeah, I think so for sure. I, I But if it's like a 5-1 game we're losing, I think they'll put Cisnero out there. We'll see. But that's just kind of it. Here, Here's here's one thing, and I guess this, this might be a good place to start. The Tigers – okay, so key additions. You got Matt Boyd back. You bring over Mike Lorenzen, Nick Maton, and uh, Matt Veerling. Those are your big additions. But, like, the people they lost, Joe Jimenez, Andrew Chafin, Greg Soto, Drew Hutchison – uh, Daniel Norris, Kyle Funkhout, like that's six relievers right there in a bullpen that was pretty good last year. So Collins, I'll let you drive here. But well, I, I'll say this: their bullpen's gonna have a little bit of dip this year. I mean, Soto was a good piece for them. I mean, he, anyone who actually like watched the Tigers though, like he put up good numbers. He was a heart attack every time he was on the mound. Um, I think Lane has the potential to be the best reliever the Tigers have had in a very long time. Like, he has nasty, nasty stuff. He came like on he strong a, at the end of the year, too. Yeah, he could be a premier guy. Cisnero, after he came back from his injury, was not the same guy the year before. 
Um, but he he's still a solid bullpen guy. I really liked him two years ago, but I don't know if he can get back to form. Um, yeah, I'm Tyler Alexander's your lawn guy, and then there's a lot of unknown. I don't love Garrett Hill. I don't love Jason Foley, but I trust I trust our pitching coach. Like I I, I anything. What's his name? I fucking just forgot his name. That's crazy that I forgot his name. Rams has to know it, of course. No, I know his name. This is crazy. He, I, I mean, he's. He's probably the best positional approach like the Tigers have had forever. Um, so I trust them to do a good job. I think our starting rotation this year is a little bit better than people are giving it credit for. Yes, Collins, I was going to say that. I don't think it's as bad as when you see it on paper. I really don't think it's as bad as people think. People well, the thing, the weird thing is that Manning's had a really weird spring, and his velocity has not been there, which is a little concerning. Um, but – you obviously are missing Casey Mize and Terrence Struble out of this yes. rotation. Struble, I think, will join the rotation midway through the year. Yeah, July or August, sometime in the summer. Dude, yeah, like he's gonna miss a lot of time, which sucks. But uh, you get Turnbull back. Turnbull's good too. Like people forget. Yeah, I, I mean Turnbull's got good stuff. I'm interested to see. He's like a full year and a half off of Tommy John, though, which is a little bit different than I think a lot of these guys coming back from that injury. And I think the velocity will be there. It's all about the command. After you get Tommy John, it's t- kind of tough to get that command. I don't hate the starting pitching rotation. Um, I think Boyd is going to be what you saw Boyd with his first go around here. Solid guy. He'll probably be around a four ERA. He's not going to be someone special. Rams is um, shaking his head. They paid him one year, $10 million. I don't really care. LaRozan, I think both those guys, if they have good years, are potential trade bait. Um Rabs is on mute while he's trying to talk. Um, no, I was just I, I was correcting you, Lorenzen, not Lorenzen. We're gonna, same this, thing. This is going to be a Lorenzen. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, he's a mediocre pitcher. I, I mean, we'll see. I, I I think Wentz is a potential guy who I think could have some good stuff out of the pen. I like his action. I like his velocity. Um, it just didn't really seem like he was going to be um a starting guy. And I, there's. You're going to see a lot of these young pitchers come up and down because, I mean, there's so many injuries with starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. We saw that last year. If the Tigers are able to stay healthy on their starting pitching staff, like Erod's going to have a better year. Matt Boyd's solid. Um, Turnbull and Manning, like whatever. I, but I mean, Lorenzen's not – I mean, Wentz is going to start the year in the starting rotation, and then he'll probably yeah. move to the bullpen, I would assume. Yeah, probably. Because well, I know so- Lorenzo is on the DL to start the year. Um, I think the most interesting part of this team is clearly the outfield. Because um, last year we basically saw 15 games of Austin Meadows, whose track record as a major league baseball player is a pretty solid player, both offensively and defensively. A guy who doesn't strike out a lot, gets the bat on ball, doesn't – I mean, just an overall really solid player. And last year – with everything he had going on health-wise, he wasn't really able to put it together. You got Kerry Carpenter, who had one of the more of the surprising minor league years for a Tiger prospect in a while last year. Came up, showed some flashes. He has some really nice opposite field power. And then, like you said, Trent, you got Riley Green. Um, I, th- I I've been saying this for two years. He's the guy. He is, he, and... Everyone talked about Torkelson and whatever, and I watched a ton of those Toledo games when they were both in Toledo. Um, I still have faith in Torkelson. I still think he's going to be a really solid player. 
Riley Green has the opportunity to be a superstar. He does. Just for the fact that he's a good glove. I love his approach at the plate. And I think you're going to start seeing him drive some baseballs this year. And I think that's where I, I, I last year we were so high on the Tigers with the signings they made. And it seemed like they were actually caring about winning some baseball games. But um, this year's really, really weird because they really didn't do anything in the offseason. This is basically like the same team except some changes in the pitching staff. Um, I would be genuinely shocked if they finish in last place in this division. And there's a lot of people who are picking them to finish last in this division. And I they wouldn't have be, to be better than the Royals, right? I wouldn't be surprised if we're like in July and they're hanging around 500. I true like, I'm not saying this team's going to make the playoffs. This team is not that bad. It really isn't. And people, and people are like, oh, I can't believe people are just waiting for this Tigers team. They're not awful. They're not good. I'm not saying they're going to win a World Series. They will be watchable, I think, for the first half of this year. Um, if Hinch doesn't get off to a good start, I actually would fire him. Just this would be the third straight year in a row where your team just flat out doesn't come out ready to play after spring training. And at some point, that's your fault. Um, I think they'll be more competitive. Um, I People are acting like Javi's going to have a better year. May, I, I, I find it hard to believe. If you watch the World Baseball Classic, he still has the same problems. He's still going to chase. He might hit a couple more home runs. Javi's going to be Javi. Um, Strope can't have a worse year. He's a guy who could be DFA'd by May if he doesn't get it going. Um, Miggy's final year would be a good like, little thing. Mayton, the guy they got from Atlanta, is seeming – he had a nice sprint. So I, the third base position is going to be weird. I've never been a Cridler believer. I just don't think he – I think he's can be on a major league roster. I don't think he's an everyday player. See about this Mayton kid. I don't know a ton about him. I didn't watch a ton of the spring. Um, there was good intel on him, but um, yeah, I, I mean, you guys know this. Tigers are probably my favorite Detroit team that I follow. I just fucking love baseball. Um, I'm genuinely pumped. I can't wait to go to opening day in Detroit in two weeks. Um, You're going? Yep. Nice. Every year now. So it's my new family tradition. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for tomorrow. Play Tampa. I would just like this team to get off to a good start. I that is the, the, the schedule to begin the year is brutal. It's brutal. It's probably the hardest schedule in baseball. I'm just saying I would love fucking love to be watching the baseball team at least into June where I can be like, okay, they're kind in the midst. Last year it was like, oh, it's fucking over immediately, immediately. So, and there's, you can't start two and 10 or whatever it was. Yeah. Like. So just be, exciting and enjoyable. I'm not asking to win a World Series. Just make my... like I They were unwatchable at points last year. Unwatchable. Their lineup was terrible. They produced the least amount of power. Um, last thing I'm going to say, I think Spencer Torkelson's going to have a breakout year too. And... Uh, uh, well, okay. And, and Rav, I, first of all, a Rav shakes his head. The guy's fucking a 1-1 pick. I, he has a bad year in his rookie season, which is common in Major League Baseball. It's not like the, it's set like it's common unless you're like I'm just saying, and I'm not saying Rabs he's gonna bat three twenty and hit thirty bombs. I'm assuming he he's probably gonna bat like two sixty, hit for some power and drive in a lot of runs. And guess what? I think he if you've seen his swing, he has made adjustments. He is not such he is not as upright as he was in his stance. Um, 
he's getting around the baseball better than he was last year. Um, I read a, a whole article about how he got a lighter bat and like did all this re- internet research so he could get to that fastball. If you watched him last year, his plate approach is fantastic. And if he's able to start squaring up fastballs, he's going to ha- put up good numbers. And I, I, I just assume he's going to do that this year. I think Torkelson will have a nice year. Um, and then lastly, I just hope me- they let Miggy go out in dignity. I just hope he's able to play um, not all 162, but by the end of the year, when those final games at Comerica, that he's able to go out in a good way. Maybe play at first, that last game. You know what I mean? I just... Because he's the best Detroit Tiger ever, probably not named Al Kaline. So, yeah, those are all good takes, Rabs. You do you have anything you want to say about Torque? I, I got a list of questions we can run through here before I have some like prop bets that we can all take. And then... yeah, I don't I don't have much. My whole like my whole thing on Torque I don't think he had a very good spring at the plate. He last two weeks he's been really good. So look, I don't. I'm not rooting. It's ball hard. I'm not rooting for anyone to be to be bad. I, I do think that there is something to be said about the continuity of this team and bringing the you know the, the guy like you're running it back with your scopes and your your bias and you're going to get to see Meadows hopefully and like another year of Riley Green and year two of Torkelson and so I, I think that the team should be better. I just don't. I'm not sold enough on the consistency of this lineup. Like, I don't know what I'm going to get out of Spencer Torkelson. I'd like to think that Javi Baez can be better, but can he? Because as Colin said, like you watch the highlights of the World Baseball Classic, he makes zero adjustments to his swing. I don't know what he does in the offseason. And I love Javi, but the, and Scope was ass last year. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but. I think Scope's dumb. They said he's in the best shape of his life. I'm just, he's a write-off at this point. Well, I, look, I, I don't. I was very, very, very low on this team when we talked about them uh, um, whenever it was. But I do think that there's an element to this of now that spring's over. Or I'm sorry, spring training's over and spring is here and baseball is here and Comerica Park's going to be buzzing. Like I kind of have that the little bit of the Kool-Aid that I like to drink to where I'm like, okay, let's like I'm excited to watch this team. So I don't have much. Doesn't help that I don't top in baseball for like two months to start the year. Yeah, sure. Get stay stay in the fight. Then the schedule is impossible to start the year, but try the and run still fucking sucks again too. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we'll get to it, but they're not gonna win the division, and I, the White Sox are gonna be way better than they were last year. The White Sox, everyone kind of just dumping on the White Sox are still has a ton of talent, so they'll be good this year. But like, and I like the Guardians too, and I I don't hate Minnesota, like. This division, there's no juggernaut. They're going to have opportunities. And the Royals suck. They're not good. So, Well, the one thing I'd say about the Guardians is that they, the, the you know, Cleveland, the Cleveland baseball team, for those of you out there who refuse to call them the Guardians, I, I think they took advantage of a poor situation last year. Like, they're still a very young team to the point where, like, if they get an injury or two, and of course I don't wish that on anybody, I, well, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. The division sucked last year. I agree with Collins. I think everyone's going to take a little bit of a step, and it'll just be up to the Guardians to be that young team that you know maintains first place. Whatever. I've got a couple of questions to lead us through this, just to just to you know toss the ball around a little bit, if you will. Uh, who do you think is going to lead the team in batting average? Now we have to go. You know, last year it was Willie, excuse me, Harold Castro at two seventy one. Oh, so the the last guy, the 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 guy with the 
highest batting average last year that's still on the team this year was Miggy at 254. So who leads the team in batting average, Ryan Collins? Miggy. That's a great pick. Because guess <laughs> what? His, he's not going to have the same amount of at-bats as these guys are going to have. I bet Miggy only plays in 115 games this year. If he's healthy, if he's lucky. Like, I think they're going to be very cautious. And if you watch Miggy last year, by the way, anyone who throws Miggy a breaking ball is a psycho. Yep. Like, that he's going to flip that in the right center. I just think he's going to have limited opportunities. He's such a fucking smart hitter. He'll bat like 275. And that's sad that I don't think they're going to have a guy every day who's able to get above that. And I hope Riley Green proves me wrong. But at this point of his career, I just don't see him hitting for around 300 with power. I think he'll pass a punch uh, in the beginning of that lineup. But I don't know. I think Miggy's going to have a good opportunity. I think they they had him at the sixth spot a lot during the sprint. So less at-bats. If we're going best average, I think Miggy. Rabs? Um, I'm going to say Austin Meadows. I think Good one. Get- I think that would probably be my two. You're going to get a full year out of him. I, I love the way he swings the bat, and it wasn't fair what happened to him last year. Um, I just hope that he can stay healthy, and he should be playing every single day. Um, and I and that's going to be my guy this year, that if I have to watch fucking Badu and Veerling and Green, and of course, Green's got to play every day, but if i got to watch Veerling and Badu take away innings from Austin Meadows, I'll be sick. But that Austin Meadows will lead the team in average this year. Hobat. 298. Yeah, I actually I had Austin Meadows written down too, but I've got him around like 280. So I'm with you. I'm with Collins in that. Like, I don't think anyone's gonna hit really that close to 300, but I just I don't know. Mickey's a good pick too. But anyways, who leads the team in homers? Javi Baez had it last season at 17. Haas was second with 14. Collins, what do you think? Javi. I think Javi will have hit 25 or something this year. We they don't have and again, I think this is another opportunity for Green because I think Green has the opportunity to hit 30 home runs when he's at his potential. And I said this last time, I think Torkelson's more of a professional hitter than this, like, like this huge power hitter. I think when he gets it going, it's going to be more of like the Miggy variety. And Miggy hit a million home runs to generational player. I'm talking about like just all over the field. He's spraying the ball everywhere. So I, I, I actually think... Um, Obi Javi. I think Meadows could give it a run. I mean, Meadows, I think, has hit 25 home runs at least twice, but I know he did that in Tampa. But Comerica is a very lefty hitters friendly ballpark. We haven't really had a ton of great lefty power hitters other than like Victor Martinez and Prince really Delvin take Young. advantage. Delvin Young's a righty, bro. Didn't he switch? No. Cam on crack. Never mind. Rams. Yeah. And, and they move the fences in. So there yeah. Um, leading the team in home runs this year. That's a, that's a great question. Spencer Torkelson. Okay. I think Tork, I would love that. I think Torque gets over 20. Okay. Well, Maybe that's one of my problems. If he sucks this year, I mean, I don't know what the fuck I have. <laughs> <laughs> the Lions. Yeah, basically. All right. Uh, which starting pitcher, by the way, I, for, for what it's Rabs like, is dying, I've got, by the way. Well, he literally has the swine flu. I don't know no, what when you talk, it doesn't help the cough. Yeah, get fair. some Lundins or some halls. Get, get <laughs> out a hotel. Home. I got nothing. They don't have like a little gift shop at the back. I don't know where it is. <laughs> Dude, come on, go downstairs and get some. Get some. They gotta have cough drops on there. 
Ask the FAU head coach. I'm sure he's got something for you. Yeah, shout on, out. He's on your floor somewhere. All right, I've got Javi as well. I think Javi will hit around 23, let's say. Bat 230. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he's just going to hit for good power. And that's all. What better defense there? this year, Javi, please? Which starting pitcher leads the team and wins? Last year it was Tarek Skubal with seven. He's obviously not in the fold this seven, year. Alex Lang also play. had seven. Now a lot of those were out of the bullpen and whatnot. But Collins, who leads the team in pitching wins? I think Boyd. I actually think Boyd's not a good year. Everyone I mean, that's like washed Boyd this spring has said his stuff's been really good. And it seems uh, like he found something in Seattle. I think Boyd's have a pretty solid year. I don't know if he's on this team past the deadline. Depending how they're competing, I like Matt Boyd to have a nice year this year. And the thing about Turnbull, I think Turnbull will probably end up, and I think Erod will have a good year if he stays on the tracks, unlike last year. Um, Turnbull, it's going to take a couple, I think, a month or two for him to really settle in. So I, I think Boyd will be good from the jump. Rabs, Spencer Turnbull. I love Red Bull. He's not. He's got good stuff. So Red Bull. Did you make that up? No, that's uh, me and my group of degenerate Tigers fans call him Red Bull. That's a great nickname. Because it I actually think makes sense. is his nickname. So okay. Well, Red, do you want to justify it at all? Or are you? That's well, just- I just I I I hear you on uh, on Boyd because it sounds like his stuff has been good. I don't know. I think I think that Tigers fans have forgotten a little bit of how Spencer Turn how good Spencer Turnbull was before he went down. Um, I think that he, given where he's probably going to sit in the rotation, will bode well for him. Did you see um, he's the second starter? Oh, is he? Yeah, they announced that. So that Erod's opening day. I for a minute I thought Turnbull was going to be Detroit opening day. He already pitched a Detroit opening day against KC, which is weird to think about, but um. No, I think Erod gets both opening days, but it's like it, I think Boyd sits four in the rotation, which is I, weird. I can just I can just see Turnbull getting ten to twelve wins, and I think that's all it's going to take to lead the to lead the Tigers pitching. Do you think anyone will have an ERA under three? Yeah. No. Yes. I, I'm the. I think Erod will. I'm a big Erod guy. I think Erod never had one under. Not under three. Under four. How about that? Oh yeah. Yes. Did we? Did they have a sturdy pitcher under four last year? I don't know. Scooble? No, no, no. But I think, well, maybe Scooble might have been like three five. I think Erod's right around like three five. I don't or two five. I mean, Erod will be better two, this year. I two can't, five or two eight. Last year was so fucked up with him. He'll be better. Yeah, I want to pick him for this question, but you know what? For the sake of like just shake it up a little bit. How about Matt Manning? I think Matt Manning could have a great year. He's he had a, a troubling spring. Yeah, I've heard that. I, I have on. I have read all the stuff about him being a nightmare in spring. I get it. But I just think he he's the – when you look at him, Mize, Scooble, he's kind of the last young guy standing. I think he takes it head on. I think he'll play fine, and he'll be a roller coaster who might be the beneficiary of like a few high-scoring games here and there, and he'll get some wins. That's a – I don't know. I don't really think any of these guys are like great candidates to w- go out and win. Like Rab said, I don't think anyone's winning more than like 10 or 11 games on this staff, but I don't know. It depends on how their lineup is. I mean, they had zero run support last year. Zero. That's, ex- that's exactly true. So I'm just going to roll the dice and say Matt Manning. All right. I got some prop bets to end the show. 
Torkelson over under 14 and a half homers. Now we know Rabs. Well, he hit eight last year, I guess is what I was going to say. So I over, over 20, over 20. He hit like five of those in the first month, like month and a half of the year too. Well, yes, that's why, uh, that's why I, it's somewhat of a weird number because it's like he only hit eight last year. You're right. He hit five before it started, before they fucked, know what they fucked up. They should have sent him down way earlier last year. That was so stupid. That was weird. But, okay, so so we're all taking the over there. We don't have to spend time on it. All right, Akil Badu over under 60 and a half games. Last year he played 73. Under. I mean, he's starting a year in spring. I that's a, I can't bet on anything. He's not going to play yeah, the first but, month unless there's an injury. Well, the thing is, is Veerling and Carpenter are kind of holding it down on the other side, assuming Meadows has right field handled. So it's like if those guys stink, they might just bring up Well, but if there's any injury, Badu's the next guy. Like, they have yeah. no one else. So, so I, I, 60 and a half. Over, under 60 and a half. Collins, you got the under? Yeah. I'm going to say under. I, I got bad news for you, dude. They brought in fucking Veerling, and and they like Carpenter out there now, and they got Riley Green's going to play every day, and you have a healthy Meadows. It's going to be very, very, very hard for Akil Badu to. to they should have kept Reyes. I don't. Thank I'm... you. Everyone now likes Victor Reyes. I always liked Victor Reyes. You also acted like he was Barry Bonds, though. He could have been. Okay. <laughs> we'll never okay. know. All yeah, right, this Cameron is... could be too. We would never know. Shut up, dude. Just shut up. This I don't want to hear one run. thing about. If we talked about Cody Clemens one time this year, Rabs, I will <laughs> get off the podcast. Maybe two home runs against the Tigers in the spring. That's something like that. He still it's sucks. All I need to know. Shout out to Bob Grossman, forever indebted to the oh, no. podcast. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This is a fun one. Riley Green over under batting average two sixty five. Last year you hit two fifty three. That's really good. I think it's going to be right around there. So I, I'll actually go under because I think he's probably. I'm hoping he plays one fifty at least this year. One hundred fifty games. So. Yeah. Rabs, 265, over under. He's going to bat 268. So you got the over. I got the over. I also have the over. I don't really know what I said as far as how much. I I forget what I said about Meadows, but what I think Riley Green will be right around like that 270. So I, I'll take the over for 265. All right, there's another fun one. Miggy, over under 100 hits. Last year he had 101. Under. I don't think, that they're, they're, I don't think he's going to play a ton. I truly don't. Yeah, under. I, 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 it'll be a novelty act. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't think the, the, the thing about it. He wasn't bad last year. No, he I know. Is his body is he is he, he is, is the problem with him is if they get well, they'll get to a point where I think they'll be out of playoff contention, and they will shut him down for like a month so he can play like the last. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he can stay that. healthy, so he can get a proper send off. So. I think they're going to be careful monitoring him, but in a DH role, he's not going to play the field ever. I mean, we'll see. He's not, he can't handle a fastball anymore or whatever, but he still can go out there and hit like 265 and drive in and runs with there's people on base. Yeah, I'll be the lone wolf here. I'll take the over just because I think he's going to have a better year at the plate. So, like, Split the difference, right? Like he hit 250 last year. So say he hits 270, plays a few less games. I I, I don't know. I could see. Well, the thing with him now is he'll have a month where he'll he'll bat like 350, and then he'll have like two months where he bats like 095 now because he just doesn't like have any interest. Miggy is one of those guys that this team I think was good, and he locked in a little bit more. Like you would see better at bat. There's just some months where he looks disinterested. So I don't know. 
Yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun one to watch. And of course, it's his farewell tour, so we'll all have a front row seat for it. Uh, last one before we get to the over under win total. That's what we'll end with. But last prop bet here: Javi Baez over under 145 strikeouts. He had 147 last season. Over. <laughs> okay, I I want to get on my soapbox for 30 seconds because right. before before Rabs goes because Rabs, I know you're a Mago guy too. I think he's he was a product of his environment last season. No yes. one was good. Everyone sucked. He sucked. He also got hurt in like the third series of the year and missed like a month before he came back. I could be way off on that, but I know he missed time early. He'll settle in. He'll be fine. He's going to strike out a lot, but I'll take the under 145 because I think he'll just get his approach back a little bit. He'll hit 250 and maybe not lead the American League in errors, and then we'll be all right. And then he'll you know, be just exactly what the Detroit Tigers paid him to come here and do. So, Rabs, you have him over under 145 strikeouts. Oh my god, dude! This is he. He again. It was 147 last year, and that felt like a lot. That's my other thing. That I'm gonna was- go under. I like. I I try. I said it all year too. I just think it was so easy to be a loser on that team, and he Javi was just just out there just fucking around. I I think that he'll find some type of rhythm. And granted, you know what Javi is like. He's if he bats 250, I'd be, I'd love it. You know, hopefully hit for some power and just be what he – like, he just got to clean it up a bit. And, like, his, his swing, he still seems to have the same sort of issues. But, I mean, dude, he is – like, you just got to laugh. You just got to love Javi. You got to laugh. I mean, it, it is it is incredible watching him at the plate. It, it's just – it cracks me up. And, like, I, I love him. I don't know why I can't I, – I love him. Yeah, I remember last year you were like, what he gets when he gets that low and outside pitch, he just, it's like crack. He's like a crack addict. Like he can't, he can't stay away from it. I think the smoke detectors are going off in my house. So time, I'm, I'm, there's no fire. Just time it's, out. For it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh my God. But yeah, Javi, I don't know. Javi's going to be Javi. So he's going to look for fastballs, drive the baseball. He's got to be better in the field this year. That is my one request. Like he has to be. He, and I know he he can make a lot of great plays there at short sometimes. I, I if you're in a bat 230 and hit 25 home runs, fine. Be in a plus plus defensive shortstop. And he wasn't that last year. Made a lot of stupid errors. He's gonna make the great play every once in a while. But if I'm fine with Javi, Javi is Javi. Yeah. And, and he's not gonna walk at all. I'm not I have given up on that. So drive in runs. And made good plays at shortstop. So, I don't know. That's all I got. I'm excited, though. I fucking love baseball. Me, too. What time do they play tomorrow? One? No, I don't think so. It's in Tampa. I would actually, I would think they'd play at seven, right? Let me look that up. I got it. There's no way Tampa has a great opening day atmosphere. Probably more Tigers fans there tomorrow. Dude, the smoke detectors are done in my house. Brock's making a sandwich. Thanks, Brock. He's listening. Brock's so, are we get peanut butter and jelly? No, he's making a grilled something, clearly, because it started okay. smoking. Brock's Jesus. on his way to Europe as we speak, probably right now, because he's, as people listen to this, I mean, he's flying. He's got a nine-hour flight tomorrow. He's like, you guys better record a Motown rundown before I leave. So, yeah. yeah. 310 tomorrow, Rabs, which is kind of a weird time, but I'm into Three, it. 310. Very strange. Okay, last last thing before we move on, unless you guys were talking about anything important. No. I, I missed like that last two minutes because I was like, we were, we were talking about Javi. It's fine. 
70 and a half wins over under Collins. Over. I think they'll win about 75 games. Yeah, I think they'll be in the mix right around 500, maybe lose that as the, you know, as they get closer to I think they're the one thing about this team too, I do think they're going to get some pitching help at the back half of the year once you get Scooble back. Um and so Fiedo's like not on the roster. What's going on there? Did anyone else see that? I just yeah, I, I just think he just stinks. I don't know. I think they've got guys they want to yeah. see more of. I don't know, dude. Joey Wentz being in the fold, Lorenzen being in the fold, like Fiedo was not really bad good. last year before he got hurt. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it, his ERA. Really was like I, I I just everything that could go wrong last year went wrong, like seriously. And I think this year will be more regression in the mean. And the team that they constructed last year wasn't fucking world beaters. And that was obvious because if they were any had this great sort of talent, they wouldn't have been that bad last year. But I think there will be a regression to the mean this year. I think starting pitching will be a little bit healthier. And I think you're going to see Riley Green and Torque, especially Torque, kind of figure it out a little bit at the major league level. And they'll have actually young position players that they can build around. Um, so yeah, I'll go over seventy. I, it's gonna be close though. I, I'm not. I, I don't see any scenario this team makes the playoffs. I really don't. All right. I think I, I agree with what you said as far as like everything went horrible. Everything that could go wrong went wrong, and especially to start the year, and that just sets the tone. Leaves a bad taste in your mouth all year. So yeah, of course I'm taking the over. Of course, I think they're gonna be right around like you said, Colin, seventy-five. I'll take seventy-seven. How's that sound, Ravs? They're going. They're going over seventy and a half. I mean, I. I I you gotta you gotta win eighty games. You have to win eighty games, please. I mean, come on, right? Maybe I don't. I don't, I don't see it. I think seventy eight somewhere around there. Okay, I don't know. I'm excited though. You can see how the Pistons lost, by the way. Yeah, I was gonna say all time tanking loss, but they've already locked in the last. They Dude, they straight up cannot rebound. I've never seen the late game situations. They don't rebound ever. Yeah, they that don't. was insane. I don't Sorry. know. Sorry, I don't know if they try, but yeah. Hey, we're about to get Wemba Yama, so that'll help the rebounding. Uh, you add a seven foot four dude to yeah. the next. I can't wait till we get the fourth pick in the draft in this lottery, and I'm going to literally take a seven hour walk to the glass. <laughs> oh, you can't win them all, right, Collins? I don't know. Yeah, never. One of the couple years got. Okay, that's all. That's all for Tigers, correct? That's yeah. All we got. Go Tigers! Let's go. That's it. That's it. I hope I don't cough and close the show. You'll be fine. I believe in you. Thank you. Well, guys, it's been it was great to get back. Um, now with the Tigers being in full swing, and you know we got to talk NFL draft, and we'll have a couple season recaps to do here in April. So we'll get back in the swing of things for sure. No doubt. I will say this: I feel I feel like the Tigers being back will get us juiced again. Like, yeah. It was like kind of this weird like spring, like the wings and the Pistons weren't really moving the needle, and then it was just yeah, the month of March was weird. But go ahead, sorry. No, I, I I'm excited to get back rolling, and you know I'll be back home in a week or so, and I can get get the mic back on, get the cough taken care of, and. We'll keep rolling. So thank you guys for listening. That's all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are on Spotify exclusively for the time being. You can follow us there, hear all of our episodes. Um, We post sometimes every week, sometimes once every three weeks, but the episodes do go up 
We're also on social media on Twitter at Motown underscore rundown. We have the Motown rundown Facebook page. And that's all I got. Go Tigers. Baseball's back. You love to see it. Um, the Lions are making some moves, and we have plenty of, of things to talk about here as we roll into April and the D. That was for you, Collins. April and the D. Yep. Love you guys. See ya.